comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 214. This is for season eight, episode six of The Walking Dead, entitled The King, The Widow, and Rick. Hi, I'm your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Richard Chubtoad Sheldon. Now, Craig. Yes, sir. We're going to do things a bit different tonight. All right, let's mix it up, brother. All right, and now you've led the WT, WDTV podcast for quite some time now. Yeah. But even though we had some victories lately, we're going to have to split up. Okay. I know you told us to stick together and work as a team, but since we disagree with you, Jim and I are going to go off on our own, on our own unsanctioned mission, <laughs> to take take other podcasts down on our own. Daryl wants to get a peek at the other Walking Dead podcasts, so he's going to go on on his own, despite I've his injuries, from a see. most unfortunate pasta incident. Russ, Russ will jump in with him so he doesn't go alone. Aaron's going to grab some random kid and go on their own adventure and start their own podcast. And you, Craig, you will be by yourself and go to the most untrustworthy of people that have burned you time before. End up naked in a cage, huh? In hopes to somehow convince them to be on your side of the podcast. This is for the best, Craig. It's for the best. All right, listen, I I hear you, Richard, and and, and it sounds like a good plan to me. I mean, that that, uh, seems what our characters are doing this week. Why, wow. when you're winning, would you split up and do stupid shit? Yeah. Sorry. See, especially Michonne. Well, we'll talk about it in a minute. But especially Michonne. Yeah. She, she should back up Rick if anybody should, right? You know. Also with us, as you can hear, Daryl Taylor. Bad decision episode. <laughs> this, is, this is the episode where we discuss all the bad decisions on this episode. Because everybody made terrible, terrible decisions, except for Daryl. And Mr. Jim Dietz. I'm sorry. I was busy sculpting a giant lion naked and wearing only an apron. Please forgive me. I can't un- unimagine that now. Thanks, Jim. Now, I appreciate that. That's just, that, that's just that's, seared in my mind right now. I can't see you, Jim, so I don't really know. You could be doing that right now, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he, he wants you to join him, Craig, and you'll recreate the whole ghost scene. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, now no, can't thanks. I see that. Now uh, can't I see that. So unchained that. melody going on there. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, Chuck. <sighs> I'm going to pass on that one. Thanks. So anyway, as you can hear, we have a lot to discuss about this week's episode. There, there's some there's some ire and angst out there. But but let's just, let's just get the news out of the way first, right? Let's just talk about the crossover news because it is totally unexpected, I think. And it, and it changes things for this show, too. It's not just Fear the Walking Dead. It's It's... It's The Walking Dead itself. Um, for those of you that stayed up late and watched The Talking Dead, 
they announced who the character was going to be. And he had it like on a big screen TV next to Chris Hardwick. And he did this, this reveal. And you suddenly mm-hmm. see when they turn the TV on. This. Oh, you didn't watch it? Okay. No. So, so they I flipped totally the TV missed. on at like 50 minutes uh, into the show. And who is it other than Lenny James sitting there in front of the capital of Texas? Like, or the, uh, the Austin building or whatever. The, uh, you know. And that's it, the capital building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was hilarious, too. He, he, I feel like I'm reporting a, a coup taking place or something. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that little British humor is actually actually kind of funny. But So Lenny James is going to be joining the cast of Fear of the Walking Dead. Could, and, could he have been any less thrilled in that whole situation? He, he seemed like he was being held at gunpoint, like yeah. in some Al-Qaeda ISIS video. He wasn't prepared read, read very well. Read what's on the paper. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't prepared well. That's the problem. He kept calling the show Fear of the Walking Dead. That's the first thing. He kept calling it the wrong yeah, name. Yeah, he don't watch that shit. He doesn't know that shit at all, man. He goes, I'm very pleased to be joining fe- Fear of the Walking Dead. I'm like, okay, that's not the right name of the show. But okay, that's fine. He don't watch that shit. And, and, like, he's like, British. He's show. speaking proper English. He's <laughs> adding the of. He's adding the of in there. Okay, fine. So we'll let let that slide. The second well, not thing, to mention yeah. now we know more than likely. I, I I'd like to think that the time jump that there that is what it's going to be, but I don't think that's what it is. Yeah. I get the feeling that they are from the way he announced that and talked about the goodbye dinner and all the crying and blah blah blah. That sounds like the tradition they have when a character gets killed off the show. So it, I'm, it is. I'm 98% sure we now know that Morgan will be killed off sometime during season eight. I'm going to respectfully disagree. Oh. I've done a lot of research uh, today. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and, I, and there's actually this, um, the real ultra Walking Dead geeks run the Walking Dead Wikia page. They actually keep exact notes as far as what day they are after the apocalypse. So they they were tracing the timelines and there's no way... There's no way that, that Morgan could have made... Because we, we know exactly where he was at the beginning. We kind of checked mm-hmm. in with him and clear. We know he met Eastman along the way. So there's no way he could have what? been to Texas and, and back. And, and what? Between, what he, hold on a second, man. I just want to say, he followed, he followed them all through the whole season before the... Um, Right. Uh, uh, the Terminus too, so right? From Terminus season, to DC, right? Yeah. We were watching that whole time. There was, I mean, there's, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is that this this timeline makes no sense? What so, what season was clear? All right, clear was season three. They were in. The, they were fighting the governor at that point. They needed guns, so it was season so three. There was a whole two seasons because. He was gone after the first episode. Yeah, but the I thing, mean, they track the days though. They're actually this website is pretty impressive at tracking the days. And like, all right, for example, Fear of the Walking Dead is only at day sixty-four right now. So if the apocalypse started sixty-four days ago, even though it's three years in, they're only sixty-four days from the beginning of the apocalypse. Whereas this show is like two years supposedly, or three, two and a half years past the apocalypse. So there's just. The timelines don't work out. Yeah, it has to be they're rebooting Fear and they're going to do a time jump in it. There has to be, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think Dar- I don't think Morgan's going to die at the end of season eight. They may have had that dinner for him, like you were saying. He was sad to leave his crew, but he's leaving the cast to join another cast alive. He's not dead and then going back in time somehow. There's no way. There's no yeah, way the timelines are going to work. Up. Right, it doesn't sync yeah, up. Doesn't yeah, that's up. what I was thinking too, because it, it really doesn't. If you, because I mean, there were the two seasons between the first episodes and uh, Clear, but during that time, that's when he lost his son and lost his mind and right. went crazy. Right. And right. you could tell, 
in in that episode clear he had been there for a while because there are booby traps right. the whole town right. is trapped you know he put yeah. the, you know, the grocery, I mean everything was trapped all around where it was so he had been camped there for a while so yep there's no way he yeah. went to Texas and back in in that in in the time frame we're in right now so he obviously leaves our group somehow at the end of season eight and he joins the the fear cats and this also this has changes things too because Gimple originally said it was going to be a one episode crossover but that's obviously a ruse now because if he's joining the cast it's not just one episode right he's joining the cast i mean he's shooting right now and this is they're not shooting episode eight or nine they're shooting episode one right now of fear they're just starting to so i think he's just they're just switching he's just switching shows is what he's doing and they're gonna yeah, have to kind of need right yeah they kind of need the extra they, they need a popular character to go to that show i mean they, gimple's pulling out all the guns he loves morgan he loves writing right. for Morgan. He loves bringing him back wherever possible. I mean, so I guess. But now they break the code, though. They've got two black people. That means somebody well, I was thinking about that. Black like, guys. Well, Strand will have to go. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah, Strand got to go. You can't have two black. You can have one black person, one black guy, one black woman. I guess I know. I guess I know who's dying in the fear of walking. You know who's dying. Strand, Strand's a goner, man. Yeah. Get that you, Deadpool you, with that in while so, you can. So Strand was You're watching that. The, the, the yeah. Fear of the Walking He's Dead. Like, he goes, oh, shit. I'm a dead man. <laughs> He's like, I'm now, a dead man. I thought that they had said they were never going to time jump fear. Well, they're going to have to now. There's no way. There's they no also way around said it. They would yeah. never, listen, they also said they, they would, would never cross over. Exactly. That's true. That's yeah, true. They did. Yeah. They did. They've been saying a lot of things. Sorry. So when ratings are really bad, everything they say is a lie when ratings are bad. Okay? Well, it's gonna... interesting. It's interesting mm-hmm. you say that because I was reading an article today that is that says that the Walking Dead is still the number one cable show, and Fear the Walking Dead is the number four. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. You, but on their network, it's I mean on their network compared to all the other shows, it's still the high Fear of the Walking Dead is still very high. Yeah, but it costs if you a lot look of money at too. The numbers that fell though, if you look at the amount of the ratings they had from season one to now. That's a it's a it's a it's a drop. Like that's a it's a big drop. Oh yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying when they talk about on cable, they're not mm-hmm. talking about premium channels, right? Like Game of Thrones on HBO or anything like. Because I would. I think they're talking basically. No, right, basic right, cable. basic cable. Because yeah. I was like, that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, and and for, again, for basic, basic cable, cable. I believe it though, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Everybody don't have basic cable. I mean, you're already at a at a deficit. When you do that, and even but again, they, oh, God, no, I was just gonna say, even you know, they say Fear the Walking Dead is disappointing in the ratings, disappointing in the ratings. I think that's compared to the Parent Show, you know, right? And yeah. the Parent Show, I mean, is historically uh, has the record for the highest rated basic cable show ever, you know. So, mm-hmm. it's, it's and pretty- if you're not holding your own audience, like if you're dropping uh, people every season. That's that doesn't look good for them either. I mean, no. even even though it's still higher than in other shows it's still exp- again we say it's still expensive though to do the show and right. it's tough to bring him back once they've dropped it too i mean that's right why, probably why they're bringing lady james over is to be hey you know here's a character you know and love why don't mm-hmm. you hop back in and, you know it's like it's like when you hear in a, in a comic book you know it's like hey this is a great jumping on point you know that's Same what they're doing deal. yeah that's they're gonna reboot yeah. the whole show i think it's gonna be totally a different flavor up down left and right i mean they're adding what they already added two new cast members yeah. There's not many people left anyway from the original cast. And there's only a handful of them left. No. 
So I mean, well, you know, they kind of clean house. Madison got everyone else killed. So yeah, yeah they kind of <laughs> clean. She's good at doing that. It was so I'll convenient. tell you, I saw stills of the table read they were doing this morning, and right. I didn't see Madison there at all. I'll I, of course it was the angle too, so she might have been across the room. But I saw Lenny James. I saw the uh, Alicia that uh, plays Alicia. Right, right. I saw the guy that plays Strand. Mm-hmm. And that was Not it. Not for long. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> I'll be the one oh, in charge and, of and countdown. Nick, and old man closed Nick. So old man closed Nick. Four, okay. Yeah, it was the four of yeah. them. I did not see her anywhere. So, so was so. he in the old man clothes for the table reading as well? No, he actually had cornrows, which I thought was odd. That's weird. What? Yeah. I'll have to see if I can find that picture again. Wow. That is so weird when I see uh, white people with cornrows. <laughs> it, it just, it should it not be. It freaks me out. He must have went to Jamaica on, on holiday or something, right? He just yeah. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't look right. <laughs> just, it never looks right. But okay, do what you want to do. Yeah, I, mean, I can only think, the only white person I think that cornrows looked okay on were I was Bo Derek in the 80s. So that's <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, but I was Bo Derek. Uh, I, was I was Bo, Bo Derek, Derek, Derek in the 80s, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. well, anybody should. seen the film Spring Breakers? That should be enough to say white people do not need cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> or James Franco. <laughs> well, that's oh, what I'm talking man. about. It's him in that movie. No, I know. Spring Break. <laughs> I'm making a joke about James Franco. Spring uh, Break. But I was I was going to say I, I could I would have bet money it was going to be Abraham though I could I would have bet good money that would have been Cudlitz so. right I mean or, or one of them it could not be him it could have been Eugene or Rosita it could have been any any of his right. Texas You're brigade right. right and then but they just they do it with Lenny James I'm like wow okay and he was really sad he could say he, he did not want to leave the show and you could you could definitely tell that I don't know what they offered him but I guess they said well either you go or we'll, we'll kill you it's probably one or the other right you don't, you don't have a choice mm-hmm. when it's coming to Gimple right it's uh there's no there's no negotiating with that I guess I don't know. Never mind. It, it, I found the picture. It's just his head is nappy. It just looked like cornrows when I didn't have my glasses on, I guess. <laughs> you can't say nappy, Chubb. You can't say that. I said nasty. Oh, but you said nappy. You can't say that. <laughs> he had the blood the blood and guts in his hair still from the from the shoot. Oh, God. Yeah. He yeah. still does that, doesn't he? That dirty, that dirty look. That dirty slick back I look. I wonder if that's going to stop. I do wonder, though, because we've had this thing where you put all that blood on you in The Walking Dead and you get sick, which is something they have never said before. Well, we don't know. Season. We may find out next week, but we don't know if that's why he's sick. We don't know what the situation is. I still think it. he I'm, got I'm going hit. by the wording because he said it. Right, but. Yeah. Negan, Negan actually said sometimes when they put all that stuff on them. They even get sick. No, didn't he like, ask? Like he was asking. Like then he never did it before himself. Like he's seen yeah. it done. He was like, right? But he's he like, does this make you sick it. or something? Like he he made the comment. Yeah. He said sometimes it even. He said sometimes it makes him sick. He said I it. I, I have to go back and play. It. I gotta go back and play it. I thought it was a question. Play that again. Yeah, I have to play it when again. When he was putting the stuff on it, he was like, sometimes. I missed that. And I and I thought at first it was sometimes it makes him sick because it's just disgusting. Because remember, his reply was, "I'm from uh, yeah, Virginia, from? from Georgia, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. like we can handle that. Like we do blood and guts, you know. Like yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. Because of animals and stuff. Like we handle animals, so it's not a big deal to us. 
so it wouldn't do that to him. I got to double check that again. I, I have to replay that. Yeah. And see. Uh, I mean, it could be anything. He could have been bit. You know, he could have been. Who knows? He could have had the flu. I mean, who knows what's going on with with, with Gabriel? We'll have to see next week. It's weird though. If he got bit, then I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. would think that they wouldn't have him get bit. They would just have him be sick. Yeah, maybe he'll come back. Who knows? Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this one. Uh, the King, The Widow, and Rick, uh, directed by John Polson, written by Angela Kang and Corey Reed. Your initial thoughts, guys? I heard this, <laughs> we started talking about it really early here. I mean, what do you... <laughs> you know what? You can tell when we're not excited about an episode when we talk about a lot of other stuff before we even get into it, the discussion. You can kind of tell that you know, we. Uh, I don't think we're, we're that excited about this episode. Mm-hmm. This week, because it was very weak. I think it was very weak. It was like people just I think flipped. The, I think my problem with this episode was something that Daryl brought up earlier. A lot of bad decisions. A lot. Like they just a lot of things. Totally yeah, it just stupid. made me scratch like, my head. I'm just like, why the hell would they do that? And they the turn amateurs. Right it seems like everybody turned into people that had just entered this world like they've never been through all the things they've been through before like carl going and off in the woods again it's like a season two episode that. right yeah it's all going back in that. time it's just like I, what is going on man yeah i'm not sure i'd really have to sit and think about it but i think that this is probably the worst episode out of all eight seasons so far i mean it was bad just well, dumb dumb decisions i don't think it was a word dialogue i don't know can you think offhand of I mean, one that was the bearded worse? governor ones were rough? I can think of some yeah, Alexandria episodes. There were some episodes yeah. they were just walking on the train tracks for an entire episode. I mean that, that Daryl was... and and Beth. Oh, I no, nah, that was worse to be. I yeah. couldn't take that episode. That was terrible. Or the, or the, or the hospital in, in in general, the Grady bunch. Or the hospital. That, those, that, that was rough. Was, those were oh, terrible. Man. Those were terrible. Come on. You want to talk yeah, about idiots? Oh, yeah. man, it was terrible. That was that was bad times. I mean, that, that was yeah. the dark days, right? So that was... Yes, yeah, very dark I mean, she, Rosita did fire a freaking rocket launcher. I don't know. I enjoyed launcher. most of those episodes you're mentioning. Or I know I enjoyed them more than this one. I, I actually stopped watching halfway through last night and then watched it again during the wow. re-air. Because I was just so upset with, this is stupid. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't keep my attention like it did last week's episode of the week before. No. You know, it didn't hold me to it, but I, I stuck with it. And, you know, again, it pays off a little bit. Like the garbage truck scene, I liked a lot. I like, you know, I like, I like car crashes. So, sorry. That was pretty cool. And, and, and the Rosita firing a rocket launcher and blowing the guy to shreds. Okay, I know it's cheap. That was yeah. horrible. I know that it's cheap was, humor, yeah, it's cheap yeah, action, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for it. So, I'm that is, the that only was, funny moment in this episode. <laughs> I laughed, too. I, right, I wasn't because I, was <laughs> I said, oh, that's exactly what I said. When, when You're I not going to fire that at me. And then boom. <laughs> boom. <laughs> I, I like that stuff. I'm sorry. Not, I, I know. Right? Show, well, I think the Michonne and Rosita stuff is probably my favorite stuff in this episode. I had like. Uh. I, it, what Rick Rick didn't make any. What Rick was doing had made, made no sense. But that to was me. part of the plan, though. See, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll differ with that because uh-huh. it was they, they had the strategy, and we're finding every little piece of this as we go along. <clears throat> the last piece of the strategy was to deal with these heapsters because if they didn't, they could be attacked by them too. So he's giving them an ultimatum, saying, "Look, we just wiped out your friends." So you. But he's to... got to have a plan like to take them out anyway. I, I have no, well. Right? Yeah, I have There's a, a timeline. There is. I have a feeling there is a plan. I have a right. feeling that he was meant to be captured. Yes, exactly. Uh, that whole deal. It's gotta be. But it was be. still stupid. I'm not it disagreeing is, that's with what that. I'm <laughs> Even if, if that is his plan, it's not right. a good plan. As you know, Robert Downey said, 
Not a great plan. <laughs> because I really thought, we were like, yeah. I really thought we were gonna get that cool, like, a kind of cool episode where he's like, "I'm gonna give you a shot," and they think they got him, and they're like, "No, f you." And then he he points a finger, and and that old man gets picked off. Like oh, one I got by you. one, right, like, right. He I see what you're finger. saying. Yeah, I'm asking yeah. you again. I'm asking you again. I'm right. gonna give you another chance. Right, right, right. Join us or not, and she'll <laughs> say something smart, and then somebody he'll point again. And Tammy Yell another... goes at that point. She's next. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And <laughs> I want to know what the logical reason behind Janice putting that A on the damn boxcar what well, what is the point we may not find out but obviously it's a callback you know what the callback is to no Eternatus. i get right, that right. but why i mean there has to be a reason built into right. as to why she did it and there's uh, nothing uh, that i can think of other than she put the a over a hole and maybe was trying to be funny he's an a-hole i don't know <laughs> that's pretty funny i mean uh, there was some theories out there that they're cannibals too and that's some kind of cannibal thing they do with with raiding the meat or something that they're going to eat like, now that that would not surprise me. So that's the same thing Terminus people did. You know, the yeah, A, A, this, is A this is this is grade yeah. A meat. This is grade A. It's not grade B right. or C, right? So I don't know. I, I, don't I think know. that's far fetched. But like, yeah, Rick seems like he'd be like wiry and gamey, though. I don't think he'd be great at yeah. it. Yeah. Now, did you yeah. notice we talked about his sticky now, you, boots? Eugene, on the other hand, has enough. <laughs> Oh, the fact, the fact that if you were to slow roast him, he'd just make his own juices. A little gristle. Oh. It's a little gristle for e you, huh? Eugene is for special holidays. <laughs> so, did Get you notice that the marbled meat? Marbled meat. That uh, Jadis was wearing Rick's boots at the end. Yep. Is his yeah. his beat up, stanky old boots? That's what she was wearing at the end there. So a little. Uh... Cause she, she wants oh man! Face. Now yeah. I got two people's feet. It's gonna be funky <laughs> like that. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, oh god, you know what those uh, ones have been? Man. So, all right, let's uh, let's jump right into it. So again, this episode was directed by John Paulson, written by Angela Kang and Corey Reed. The recap this week again done by Brandon they Davis. Fired. It should be fired. Fired. Fire those writers. Thank you again, Brandon, for the recap. Yeah, it's available on comicbook.com, and uh, we appreciate it. We'll probably poke a full few holes in it like we usually do. So starting off, it says, Rick's journey down the road continues. He takes a note out of a microwave, which is sitting in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to stop right here for a sec. Now I understand what, he, what they were scribbling. Like They were actually writing intelligence notes to each other. There was some kind of mail system that they set up before this whole plan came into fruition. And that's why he was taking the pictures, too. Like It was pretty interesting. Yeah, we didn't know all this in the beginning. Why was he scribbling stuff down? Now we know. Okay, I'll leave a note in the microwave. You'll leave a note here, and we'll pick it up. And it's intelligence. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like their way of doing the mail. emails. Yeah, like, yeah or the old-style battle. Like, you know, you send a you know a squire out or whatever, or, or yeah. a, a courier Stop out battle. to, you know. Attach JPEG here. Yeah. <laughs> So at Alexandria, Carl opens the gates for the army to return. Daryl zips down the road on his bike, heading back home to Alexandria. Uh, it says, Nabila and the kingdom decorate a memorial for the fallen. Uh, I don't know who Nabila is. She's the one with the, with the cover. Okay. Carol watches them and readies her weapons. Simultaneously, two residents present her with notes from Rick. So again, this is the intelligence coming through, the, one, the ones he scribbled out. Michonne is given the same note. So Rick's kind of updated all the communities as far as what he's up to. And you hear his voice. He goes, the plan is working. We're doing this. We're winning. We had a hard fight. We lost some people. Uh, brave people gave their lives to make sure we won. By the time it was over, there were no saviors left standing. So again, it was 
a tough battle, but they, they won. And the message has gotten to all the communities that they won, or at least they're winning. Maggie gets the same note from Aaron. Carol and Rick read notes from Maggie, which inform them that they have saviors as prisoners at the hilltop. So we hear kind of Maggie's voiceover and explaining that, well, <laughs> Jesus brought some unexpected guests over at the hilltop. When you can see Rick's face, too. He's reading that. He didn't like that too much. He saw like his facial expression. It looked like he was a little pissed off. Um, Maggie and Rick read the note from Carol, which discussed the kingdom being ambushed and that Jerry, her, and Ezekiel were the only three survivors. Um, Rick's note pushes everyone to continue, citing Sasha at the first as the first, with more sacrifices coming after. He goes, the rest of the plan's still a go. I'm headed there now, meaning, you know, I guess the, the heapsters. The sanctuary is still surrounded. They have snipers planted at the sanctuary. And this is cool, too, because I didn't know that we actually had, we left snipers there. They mentioned it a couple episodes ago, but I didn't know we actually did leave people there. So they're watching the sanctuary very closely right now. If anyone so sticks smart. their head out, yeah, so smart. Like I said, I like this. I like the strategy. I love this whole plan. That, that, that was very smart. Yeah. yeah. By the way, and maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but did they double use a shot? Because because yeah, well, they that show little, that snipers yeah, through right there, and then later when Michonne's finally getting her look at it, it I think it was the same shot. It was. They probably they probably justify it. Well, we just time jumped a little bit. You know, like that's what they'll say. It'll. You know, they're reading the notes and whatever. Well, yeah. I thought the at the beginning was an actual sniper there, and then the other was Michonne, and they just were like, ah, eh, well, we used the shot. She's holding I, the I scope could... with, her, with her eye, right? Looking through the, yeah. the scope, yeah. I, I, saw, I caught that too, though, yeah. We meet at the sanctuary in two days to end this, Rick says, to win it all. It's not like we haven't fought before. We fought every step of the way. So this is the culmination of the plan, really, is to all to regroup at the sanctuary because they've taken out all the rest of the saviors. All, all they have left is the ones that are trapped inside. And they can either kill them all or or they surrender. There's no other way this ends. Jadis sits wearing only an apron, creating a cat from wires. Suddenly, he, she hears someone banging at the door. Two scavengers open the door. <laughs> and then the opening credits play. <laughs> that was creepy, though, right? Seeing her sitting there naked with the little orange apron. I'm like, what the hell is she doing there, man? That was just weird. Those are weird people. So after the credits, Jesus hands out food to the saviors. Maggie bursts in and orders him to stop giving away the hilltop's food. Gregory's there and suggests killing them, but Maggie orders him away again. Enid escorts him in. Maggie's frustrated what? with Jesus. What's that? Let them have the turnips, so I know, Ugh, right? Turnips are disgusting. Nah, f that, man. Uh. F that. Mm -mm. You don't take no food from it. Maggie's right. You don't know what's gonna happen in the next coming uh, months. You don't. You don't give away no food. Daryl, there's a Geneva Convention we need to worry about. Let me tell you here. something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is war. We talking about. We talking about war. Starve him exactly. out. Starve him out. Tell him, tell him zombies about the Geneva Convention. Bro. That's right. I got people here. I got people. You know, we got to take care of. We got kids up in here. Get well, out, bull. Last I checked, the zombies haven't joined the United Nations. So let me, let me tell you something. Jesus gonna have to. He's gonna have to come out of somewhere else and go some find some food. In another place and give him food. <laughs> he ain't getting no food out of here. I'd have, I'd have nipped that in the bud. I'm telling you, when I saw that, I'd have been like, let me tell you something, Jesus. You're not really Jesus, so you're going to have to calm that <laughs> down and do as you told. If you go yeah, in that thing one more Darryl, time, I will shoot you. I promise he, you I will. 
he is Jesus. You don't know. He might have had one turnip and just fed the masses with it. You have well, no idea. Well, then he needed to touch the other fruits and vegetables around <laughs> this damn place, man, and, and hook us up before you be giving it to the dudes that want to kill us in five minutes. It's not a good idea. You're right. Daryl. Daryl. What? What would Jesus do? Come on. I'm trying to win. Okay. I'm not, I'm not playing games. <laughs> so I'm trying to win. to win a war here. To win. I'm trying to win a war. I want people to survive. I want my people to survive. So Maggie's frustrated with Jesus for creating this situation. He is shocked that she would consider killing these men. So, again, it's the same argument we've seen over the last two, three episodes. Again and again. again. Just be a leader, Maggie, and tell them no. Just say no. You don't need to do it. She finally does. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the ground in this episode have been trodden other times. Like, we got another speech from Rick. We get, you know, all this... It just seems like they, they should just get on with it. It just seems like they keep... I don't know. I know. Maybe, you know I, I hope this plan like unfolds in some great, incredible master plan or whatever. But I guess it's I, not easy to write a three-day episode into eight episodes, which is what they're doing. They're taking a three-day se- period of time and stretching it out. I guess it's, it's hard not. to do that, right? I mean, my, my biggest beef though has just been it's very, been very inconsistent. We've had really good action-packed episodes with right. good character moments and everything, and then we get episodes like this that just seem like out of nowhere. Kind of, I don't know. I. I didn't appreciate some of the choices in this episode. I mean, well, yeah, and that brings up a question that I saw on Reddit today, and that is, you know, it seasons ago we were like, yes, sixteen episodes per season, but now is is sixteen episodes too much? Is it that they that they're running out? Did if this was a ten or thirteen episode season, would it be better and not have so much filler? And I don't know the answer to that, but this was well, just bad. <laughs> I would yeah. suggest you listen to pretty much any episode of Nothing's On, because we've been saying that about TV for, I don't know, years now, Daryl and Donnie and I, that we'd be better served with like a British thing with shorter, more focused uh, um, seasons, you know? No, I agree, and that that's that's the thing is you know I thought sixteen, you know that's not your usual twenty two episode order, you know, and we had some good seasons with the sixteen episodes, but last year and definitely this year, it's like there is way too much because, filler, too many bottle episodes. It's different. I mean, it's expensive, man. You're doing all when you're supposed to be depicting a a big war. It's supposed to be in the, uh, a fight between all these groups. It's expensive. I mean, you gotta. I mean, it's to Which, do that for that many episodes. Like, if they only right. had like eight, ten, they could budget wiser. You could budget wiser, but when you have sixteen to fill, it's yeah. it's gonna be hard, man. Well, and you're gonna okay. It's hard to keep consistency over that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's another. Again, that seems to be the the real hobgoblin of the show is that it's just not. I mean, when it's good, it's really good, and right. then when it's bad, it's not very good. It's just. Because what do you do? Add yeah. more people. Then if you add more people, then you have to give them more stuff to do. And then if you give them more, like no one gets enough. Like then, then it becomes a thing of, of them not getting enough time. You know, your your original people. So it's like, yeah. Or you throw some people in there, and then all of a sudden they pop in, and people go, "I've not seen them all these seasons. So what? Who the hell are these people all of a sudden?" 
I mean, like, like, the, the well, Netflix I, series is like ten episodes, right? Like, like with the Stranger Things and all the Netflix shows. Uh, what is it? Orange is the New Black. Isn't that usually ten mm-hmm. or eight? Yeah. Or ten? Some, what they, is it? some of them are yeah. eight or twelve. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What, what is that? I don't know yeah. what the number is, but around even there, on right? Amazon, Amazon, they're anywhere from six to thirteen. Okay. You know, I just watched that new series based on the podcast Lore, which was fantastic, by mm-hmm. the way, if you mm-hmm. get a chance to see it. But Most it was of only them, six though, most yeah. of them are ten. Like it, it, it depends on the budget. Most are ten. Right. See, The Walking Dead does two eight episode half seasons, so it's almost right. like if you stretch it out a little bit more, you'd have two full ten episode seasons. If you think of it that way, yeah. right? I mean, that's kind of yeah. because they really do consider the, the eighth episode. That's a break. They they usually end it with mm-hmm. a big. There's a not a cliffhanger. Sometimes there is, but there's usually some kind of resolution. It, it, the 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 story moves big. That's how USA. It's all about. USA does it the same way. They they kind of do their shows to stop at a midpoint, and then they you know they get a break, and then they come back. Yeah, it's those advertising dollars, though. They as long as Walking Dead is going to be number one on cable, that's going to be where they're getting their premium advertising dollars from, and you know. It's and I mean AMC is so surrounded now around Walking Dead. I'm not that they weren't before, but I mean now <laughs> every Norman Reedus rides the motorcycle or whatever the hell promo I see is always referring <laughs> to the Walking Dead. I know, you right. know I, all of it, all of it. They refer and link it somehow to the Walking Dead, and it's did, like, did you see the episode? Did you see it with him and Negan going to Spain with uh, Jeffrey? Yeah. Dean? No, no, I don't have any desire to watch that show. Well, my, my, it's about motorcycles. My, my girl is infatuated with Jeffrey Dean, as I've said many times. Uh, and uh, Aren't they all? Well, yeah. <laughs> so let me just tell you, all right? So anyway, so so we're watching this thing. I recorded it for her. And, uh-huh. and uh, they were all over. They, they, meaning the Spaniards, were all over. They couldn't even. They broke off Norman's mirror off his off his mm. bike. He couldn't get through nah, the crowd. They were not surprised. All over these guys. So I mean, it's yeah. it's worldwide popular. You're right. They're not going to stop this thing. They're not going to yeah, stop. No. It. No. it was funny when I, when I interviewed Norman Reedus. He actually got uh, mobbed like two or three times. So I interviewed him over the phone. Mm-hmm. He was in New York City with his family for Christmas. Okay. Oh, and, like yeah. our, our Christmas shopping. He got he, while I was interviewing him, he got stopped like two or three times by uh. you know, like group, <laughs> groups of fans, and the guy that was handling his manager was with him, and he kind of had to handle them. You know, so it's nuts. It's crazy. It's a phenomenon. So at the kingdom, Carol marches past Jerry and to King Ezekiel, tries to knock on the door and, and you know get in there and talk to him. She bangs on the door, tells him they promised Rick they would meet. He doesn't answer through the door. Carol storms off, and Benjamin's little brother tries to follow her, but she rejects him. And this is kind of a funny scene in the woods there. It's uh, mm-hmm. She always gets these kids. Well, see, this, is, this isn't even the woods yet. This is just when he's just outside the, the, the playhouse. But You know who that kid is, right? I know. I found that afterwards. It's what the yeah. who, who is it? Go ahead and say it. it. The actress that played Sophia, her daughter... They got killed in season two. This is that actress's little brother in real life. Get oh. out of here. Yeah. So she just oh. automatically says, look at the flowers. Come here, boy. Look at them flowers. <laughs> I'm not going to play with you. I'm well, with you. Look at these flowers over here right now. Boy. It, it really plays into her little right speech to, to him in the Get forest. Right. Well, we ain't got time. We got a short budget here. We got money. You see what happened to your sister? Like it's going to happen to you, too, if you keep this yeah. up. <laughs> Stand at these flowers. Say hello, to your, say hello to your sister. <laughs> well, so, when she starts lecturing him in the forest, though, you can tell she's speaking directly about her daughter. You know, they go off in the woods on their own and they come back monsters and all that stuff. Right. So she, oh, yeah. Very, 
Yeah, so that For that sure. I actually kind of enjoyed that little bit there. So oh, funny, I want these... her to take her belt off and be like, "Come here, I've had enough of y'all kids not listening to me, and I had to. I'm just going, I'm just going to beat you right now, so I don't have to deal with this." Cause how there, many kids has she those... had? She's had the, the, uh, the two crazy girls, right? Lisa and, uh-huh. and, and, and Mika. Uh-huh. Then she had the other one from uh, mm-hmm. was Major Dodson, right? From Alexandria, mm-hmm. right? We had him. Right. And right. now, now we got this. I mean, she has all these kids attached to her. It's like enough. She doesn't so want I would, kids. I'm yeah. not even going to go It's the through. cookies, Craig. That's it's a, the cookies. That's a prison, too. She was teaching the kids. Right. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, right. I just would I just would have took the belt off and I just would have started. Like I'm not because what, what child services gonna come get me now? Ain't no child <laughs> services right now. We are gonna go back to the old school how you just split a child right now. I'm gonna, right? gonna cut you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here, come here. <laughs> come here, come here. You don't come want here. to listen to me? Come yeah, here, come here. I'm gonna cut you a little bit. I'm not gonna kill you, but I'm gonna cut you up a little bit. No, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna cut you. Send your letters to. We don't Darryl promote Taylor, child abuse here right? on the Walking Dead TV podcast. Let me just put it's this disclaimer apocalypse. in there. This is the apocalypse. I'm saying it's. You know, there's no, there's no corner you can put them in in this apocalypse. Okay. When, when the undead are more well behaved than the children. Right. 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 So now we gotta be. We gotta be a little strict right now. It's a rough time. It's a rough time. We're at war. We're right. at war. So back at the trash heap, Rick is escorted to the center of their ring. Jadis is now dressed, approaches him, and she goes, I shot you, she says. And he goes, No, you grazed me. <laughs> and then he said and then it was actually great. He goes This was you... the dumbest back and forth ever. But it was Just stupid. It was Rick humor I like though. His but, part. Yeah, I yeah. Because like Rick doesn't make yeah, funnies Rick's that often. He doesn't make jokes that no. often. You know what I'm saying? No. If you would have shot me, I would have still been mad. Like you know, that's like that's that's as funny as Rick gets, right? That was. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a joke because I didn't find it funny. Well. I- the whole oh, I- thing surrounding that whole scene just pissed me off. I'm like, because this, this is, is the dumbest. Rick's- because this is Rick's thing is I ain't got time to bleed. That type of thing. I like that. You graze me. You just graze me. I like that tough Rick talk. I do. I do. The cowboy, you know. Like, I get you... a kick out of it. I always do. I'm sorry. <laughs> he tells her he's here for the same thing he wanted before. He goes, we need you and you need us. She suspects him of, of tricking them. He says they don't need the scavengers to save them anymore. He goes, look. And he brings the photos out. He goes, they're done. He goes, we finished the saviors. We've taken them out. And, he, and all the outposts, they're, they're de- devastated. He says, you know I'm going to offer say, Yeah. Picks or it didn't happen. Yeah, well, there you go. Wow. He's got the Polaroids. Yeah. So he's offering a better deal to Jadis. Again, saying, look, you know, let's, let's join forces. I don't have to take you guys out, but I will if I have to. Let's just, let's just go back to our original deal. You help us. We help you. Everybody wins. Uh, inviting her to the next world which is what the one he's building, that the communities will build together. And he says, yes or no. And Jadis just says, no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And she says, and, and as he's walking away or being escorted away to the hot box, uh, uh, he, she goes, talks too much. <laughs> which I didn't think Rick talks too much, but I guess in this case. Well, for her. For her, yeah, I guess. It's, for that whole world. Uh. Yeah. So Maggie and Gregory chat in Gregory's office. He insists again that what he did with Negan was in the best interest of the community. Again, still trying to justify what he did. Maggie just calls it as she sees it. Goes like, "You were just scared. You were trying to save your own hide." Fake news, right? Yeah. I do like I do like how you know um, he said something effective. Oh yeah, well, why do you why do you need my counsel and this stuff? And she goes, "I'd rather keep you where I can see you." 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. She's calling it as she sees it. Yeah. It's. I mean, for the show, it's good to have the inter- the interaction between the two actors because he is a good actor. But if this was like real stuff, again, I'm sorry. I know I'm going to sound like the heartless one, but I'd have been. I'd have been. I'd have had a gun in his mouth, and I'd have said, "Why are you talking?" Exactly. Not, I, I'm on your side, Daryl. Well, you wouldn't have let him back son. in. He'd be. He'd be stuck on nope. the outside, right? He wouldn't. He would have never. When he came in that car, that was one of our people's cars. Yeah. And kept telling me lies. I, he's still being interrogation, getting beat up until he told me what hell. happened. Yeah. This is exactly how it would go down if I were Maggie. Yeah, Gregory, come on in. And then I would string him up over the side of the fence and let him hang there until he's dead. And as a warning to everybody else, fuck with me and you're out. No, I, I want the, information. I need to know I, what happened. I get too, the uh, feeling you had a rough day today, Chuck. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I just want information. It ain't about making him suffer. It's just I need to know what happened to our people. You just don't come in one of our cars and pretend like, I don't know, I found it on the yeah, road. Yeah, who's Gabriel? I don't, he goes, I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that no, is. No, you, you're going you gonna to tell me what happened to Gabriel. You're going to tell me. Either you're going to tell me with you being able to walk or, <laughs> or are you going to tell me another way? I would have called Michonne. You busy? Yeah, I mean, I know you healing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How would you call her? Would you would you send somebody over there? What? You, I sent an email. You sent I sent an email. <laughs> I need no, no. You put man. you put the Michonne signal up in the sky. The Michonne, the big right. M, right? <laughs> yeah. They they, 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 they light a, a funeral pyre and they put a big lens over it. That's, that's an right. M, right? Bring okay. the sword. Bring the sword. <laughs> Thundercats. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> We got some questions. So when her eyes will glow when she sees the when she sees the symbol in the eye in, in the sky, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's funny, man. <laughs> you so, gonna tell me something today? That's all I know. <laughs> I wish she would go back to dragging two jawless and armless zombies around behind her. That that's that's the Michonne I want to see. You right. have time for that? You that, that's for stealth. You got you got you got to <laughs> save that for stealth time. So Maggie's not interested in what Gregory has to say at all. Um, but again, he does say a couple of things about, you know, you let the wolves in with the sheep. And then she says, um, you're the shepherd. He said to her, you can't have wolves wandering amongst the sheep. But then she comes back with, well, you know, <laughs> okay. Well, actually that comes back later. She doesn't answer that just at that point. She kind of stews on it for a while. That moment you're talking about that comes later yeah. is probably my favorite moment of the entire episode. <laughs> In Alexandria, Rosita and Michonne break the rules of Rick's plan and set out on a ride together. Now, this is this is the part I have a problem with right now. Now, they have this incredibly elaborate plan, and it, it is an elaborate, well thought out. Everything is in a everything's working. Everything's coming together. They even know it's working. Why does Michonne have to go see the sanctuary? Why? What What does she need to do? She's Rick's. Girl, she should be supporting Rick more than anybody and sticking to the plan. Why is she just going off on her own? She could be taken prisoner. She could be killed. It makes zero sense. Zero. I mean, sense. she she has. Uh, all right, well, all right. Let's put Michonne aside for a second. Rosita's got an axe to grind still, right? She took a shot at Negan, lost. She she lost some people in this. She lost Abraham. All right, she's got an axe to grind. I can see her going off on a revenge mission. But Michonne. But- it's already failed for her at least once. Right. When, like, when last season her and Sasha did this, that right. didn't go too well. Now, yeah. did it? She's already been there. She's already been to the sanctuary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It makes no sense why they just and they, and they have these pouty faces, and they just look at each other and they get in the car and go, okay, let's just go, let's go. 
Let's take a ride. Like, it it makes no sense to me. I, I guess it was to give them some action, which I was cool with what they found, but it's like I don't understand why they left in the first place. They could have and written also, it differently. The, yeah, the lack of continuity. So they take off, Michonne is driving, but when they arrive, she's not driving. Did they stop to have a little Chinese oh, fire drill all they, of a sudden? I mean, they didn't go yeah. that far to where it's like, well, let me take over behind the wheel for a little bit. Yeah, That just made zero the, the whole Everything about those like, two in this episode pissed me off. But they could have smoothed this out big time. They could have had where they found out about another compound or something at the last minute. And Michonne decided to say, you know what? We got to take this one out. Rick doesn't know about it. Like that would have solved that would have solved the continuity problem for me, right? Okay, let's just go. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call an audible here. I'm going to go and take out this little compound with the speakers and stuff. That's, that would have made way more sense than what they did. I just have to go see it. I have to see Bye. it. By the way, how unprotected is Alexandria now? You got Carl roaming the woods, Rick playing in the trash, right. Michonne and Rosita gone. Um, I mean, who's minding the store? Yeah, that, that's the other problem. You're right. And the kingdom is decimated. The kingdom's got nobody left to protect it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And that's they the thing. They got that Carol, me. and that's all they need. Yeah. But that's the thing <laughs> that really Jerry. bothers me. That's. That's the thing that really bothered me with that is like again we got another scene of I gotta do this thing I gotta, the car. I gotta, I gotta pouty face in the I car yeah. do this yeah. right and it's not being tough like it's not showing them being tough because that wasn't very smart they're both injured still yeah Michelle like, Michelle was, was beat the hell up big time and 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 Rosita and was still shot I think some, right yeah right if they had brought somebody else with them. They would have caught those two guys. Like if it wasn't for Daryl, they would have they they would have got away with the truck. Right. Right. Well, and the other thing too that just makes zero sense after seven seasons of Daryl backing Rick's play, all of a sudden they have a little pouty fight last episode, and now it's oh, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna that is just not Daryl. That's well, not Daryl one bit. I think, and we've said it before. He they re, he's really out for revenge. These guys did a number on him. You know, when I he, get that, but so he Rick's trying to save some of them. I don't think Daryl cares one hoot about any of them. He wants them nah, all to die. Yeah, he ain't so trying to do that. Yeah, he ain't so trying to. Hit I think that. they both I want the same that. thing, but he's just got a different way of doing it. He wants to just take them all down. Is what he wants to do. He doesn't I want any survivors. That, but why? Why is he suddenly not playing the smart play? That's just not in his character. You know, season one, Daryl, maybe. Season eight, Daryl, no. He is smarter than this. He he, even though he does lead with his emotions a lot, he still usually backs the smart play, and would not call a dumb audible like this. I mean, this is just dumb. All of this is dumb. Well, we'll see how it ends up. Meanwhile, Daryl and Tara talk on the porch. This is where he recruits her. Basically, she tells Daryl that he was right for not killing Dwight. Because he has been integral in getting them this far. In the end, though, she says, I will kill him, though. She does want to. She calls dibs on killing Daryl, on Dwight. And Daryl tells her, maybe it couldn't be you and me both. And we ain't got to wait so long. So, again, he's he's kind of altering the plan a little bit. He he wants to move fast on the sanctuary while he can. And he's, he's got now, he's got um, Tara on his side. At night, Jesus watches the hilltop from outside the walls with the saviors. He hears walkers in the woods crawling around. The savior from the satellite outpost keeps talking, frustrating Jesus. He vouches for himself, explains that he was part of the saviors, and, you know, I, I just got mixed up with them. They kept me fed, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, Jesus cuts him off. He says, don't pretend that any of us are innocent, he said. 
And he goes, Jesus, I'm no angel. No such thing. Oh, please. That, but I want to back up a second because yeah. something just crossed my mind. Who the hell is Tara to say that kind of thing about Dwight and whatnot? Because well, he killed an it's, it's yeah. not just that, though. She's talking about, you know, somebody that crossed us or somebody that was against us, but now they're helping us and everything else. Does she forget that she was backing the governor's play against the <laughs> prison? That's true. And, you know, th- this is this is total hypocrite right here people can be redeemed through their actions and i understand the hatred and whatnot but at the same time you guys would not be in this winning position you're in right now if it weren't for this guy and what exactly did you do to to help keep the prison from falling when you were on the opposite side of rick it what a hypocrite god what a hypocrite yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I kind of yeah. see her having more of a revenge on for Denise, though, than that. You know what I mean? More than being like, hey, you know, this is kind of you know, kind of my story in a way. Instead of seeing that, I think she just has a rage on for Denise. Right. She's, she's trying that. to avenge, avenge Denise. Yeah. But the question I had bringing up Dwight again, why did he reveal this compound to them, too? Not the compound, but this cache where the speakers were in the, the truck. Like, why didn't he tell... He may not have known. He may not have known. I mean, it's possible, but he knew everything else. I mean, he knew. But we still have the issue of now Negan is suspicious, right? So he can't. He he can't just run out whenever he wants to now. No, no, watching everybody. But Dwight previously, before this plan was enacted, gave all Mm. the intelligence, every single bit of intelligence to Rick that he needed. Right? Oh, I got you. All the compounds, the locations, the strength, where they will look out. Well, they kind of felt like they did it on their own, right? The way they were talking, like this will, this will turn it. This will. Yeah. Remember when they were listening to them? Like they kind of came up on this on their own. What do you mean? Came up on their own? What do you you mean? Like that plan wasn't something where it was a contingency. It it felt like they had come up with that. Well, they may have developed a plan. They may have developed a plan, but but the the intelligence came from Dwight. Dwight gave him all the intel that they needed. When you remember, yeah, but I mean the bad. I mean, I I mean the 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 bad people's the the bad guys' plan. I think they came up with it just on their own. If I thought. Oh, you mean with the speakers and the truck? You mean that right. kind of thing? Oh, I, I, right. I'm saying the existence yeah, of that but place, the location, though. Right, though. that cache, that but, building. Oh, well, yeah. yeah Craig, I get true. the feeling, though, that Negan keeps certain things um, compartmentalized. Like, right. I think that there might be a few people that are in his close circle that don't know about certain things gotcha. that others do. Okay, so there's little hidden case. buildings here or there. He's got stashed yeah. and stuff. And okay, yeah, it could be. And, and the fact that there were only the two people there right. makes me think that this was like an afterthought, like where they're storing stuff because... That's what he said it was. It was a cache. It was a storage. Cause yeah, because yeah, right. yeah. if it was a compound... So I don't think... I have a feeling that Dwight didn't even know about this. Okay. That would make sense because I mean Negan knows how disassociative and like disorganized they are without him. It would make sense for him to have a few on things on the side they didn't tell everybody about. Yeah. Right. So Michonne and Rosita continue their ride. Rosita's now driving, as you said. Michonne is asked why she had to come out here. And she says the second they rolled up to the sanctuary and I wasn't with them, it's like the siren's been going off in my head. This is Michonne talking now. Uh, I, I helped get this started it's been a day and a half and i felt every second so i just need to see it again i don't understand i don't get the motivation she says it out loud but i don't get it just need to see what what does she need to see uh, yeah <laughs> so, I don't know. yeah 
Suddenly, yeah, Michelle man. orders Rosita to stop the car. She hears something in the distance, which sounds like loud music. They journey through the woods to find out and discover an abandoned building as the source. In the woods, a walker is pinned on a spike, reaching for a plastic bag, and Carl approaches it. <laughs> he sees a man, however, who beats him uh, to putting it down. It's the man from the gas station in the season 8 premiere. Carl insists his dad wasn't shooting at him and introduces himself. He's trying to make a peace offering. The man tells him his name is Sadiq. Carl brought him food and water. He says that his mom always told him to do what's right, and that's what he's doing. Sadiq grabs the bag and drinks. Carl reveals uh, he's been looking for him, and he comes from a community. And he asks the man the three questions, or the four questions. Three questions. How many walkers have you killed? And he goes, 237, give or take a couple. He goes, how many of you ki people have you killed? And he goes, one. And the last question is, why? And he goes, uh, the dead tried to kill him, but they didn't. So I guess it was like a mercy, like a mercy uh, put down or something is what he did. All right. Yeah. So Carl asks about the walker traps. He goes, why are you, why are you trying to trap these walkers? And he goes, well, it's only part of it. Zadik said, my mom thought or hoped that killing them would free their souls. Maybe she was right. Carl thinks that this would make things harder. But he goes, you got, you got to honor your parents, right? The man said. And he goes, well, if I was honoring my dad, Carl said, we wouldn't be talking right now. And I definitely wouldn't be bringing you back to my community. So Carl is, is recruiting this guy back to Alexandria. Now, again, this is, another, this is another kind of bad decision number two. Why is Carl, again, off alone in the woods tracking down this guy? Why? In the, in the middle of a war. In the middle no, of a war. He no, needs to be. Right. So Michonne's gone. Carl's gone. You're right. Who's watching the store? Who's watching Alexandria be, it right be now? It's so easy. So yeah. easy for the saviors to just snap him up and use him as a hostage, use him as leverage against Rick. It right. Just incredibly easy for them to do that right now. And and didn't didn't Michonne even like in the, in the season eight premiere look at him and say you're in charge now? Like you're going to take care of us. So I'm following your lead. Like were they trying to elevate him to be the one that's in charge of Alexandria while Rick is gone? Right. Now what? He just decides to go off and find this 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 guy that his dad almost shot, and I mean, and how how many times are they going to play the trope of we're experience? I'm an experienced zombie killer, so I'm just going to go up and I'm going to take out this zombie or two because I'm so good at it. Oh shit! I'm wrestling with them now. Oh crap! Now there's more coming. It's like, come on, just done. I know, just I know. It's like so fake. It's like fake suspense, right? It's like you don't even know. Fire these writers <clears throat> in the woods somewhere else benjamin's little brother he has a name i think it's henry tries to take on walkers but carol puts them down and this is where she scolds him big time for following her he insists that he's a fighter and wants to revenge on the guys who killed his big brother carol takes the stick from him and gives him her gun but not after again really scolding the hell out of him saying you know you shouldn't follow me you can turn to a monster you know kids in the woods blah blah he insists he knows how to use it and she orders him to keep the safety on until she says otherwise. So she again relents this kid who really wants to get revenge for his uh, his dead brother. Enid emerges from the hilltop and tells Jesus that Maggie had ordered the saviors inside. So overnight, we thought they were building a gallows or something, but actually they were building a holding area to keep them. And uh, we'll keep the prisoners here, Maggie said. We'll feed them. We won't mistreat them. However, they won't accept anything less than cooperation, meaning that if they get out of line, they're, they're dead. Gregory says they shouldn't have people at the hilltop where they can't trust. She agrees with him, which prompts Eduardo and Cal to put him in the same prison. 
Best <laughs> part of the entire episode. And right he goes there. in kicking and screaming like a baby. Did you see that? Like he's Yo, just going he in. Did. Like, no, please, no, please. Like, I mean, he's just going into a prison. He's not. They're not ordering him to die. It's like he's he he acted like they were ordering him to death. You know, it's like uh, it was so funny. Aaron, By the way, yeah, that long-haired redneck dick just Jared. They should they should have killed him off after. after <laughs> I mean, what two three times this episode he tried to pull. Come right. on, yeah, enough's enough already, right? Well, we'll see. Again. <laughs> Noose, hang them over the side of the wall as a warning to the others. <laughs> so Aaron, Enid, and Jesus look on. Jared walks toward the exit. This is the, the, that savior dick, Jared. Uh, but Maggie strikes him down with, with her gun. And he talks about getting people killed. So she strikes him again and just kind of puts him down. And actually, as Gregory's getting thrown in, he, he, he gets hit in the head pretty hard, too. Like, they, he throws, they throw him against the fence as they're putting him into the prison. In the woods, Carl escorts Sadiq towards Alexandria. They come across some walkers eating a horse and move in to put them down. And again, this is another bad decision, right? Mm-hmm. They could have just they could have just went around these these things. So Carl, dumb, right? But Carl's like, okay, Sadiq, I'll honor you. You're you're clearing these things, right? You're freeing their souls. I'll jump in with you, brother. No problem. And they come and they, they get into trouble here, right? They quickly become surrounded, lose control of the fight until Carl uses his gun to put them down. Sadiq is grateful, but says Carl could have left. Carl insists kids have to show their parents the way. Now, maybe maybe I'm too harsh, because maybe Carl could only see half of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's pretty bad. Or, may, or maybe they were close, Maybe they were further away than he thought. <laughs> he couldn't judge the distance right, so it was. Oh, God. Elsewhere, Michonne <laughs> and Rosita explore a warehouse set up like a grocery store. Uh, inside, people discuss Negan and the Fat Lady, which sounds like a plan for Negan and the Saviors. The two Saviors are standing near a truck with huge speakers loaded on top. So that's what—that's the plan. That's the Fat Lady. Michonne accidentally kicks a tennis ball in their direction. It's, again, it's a pretty like old and cheap uh, TV trick there, right? I don't know. That was the- <laughs> she is better than that. Yeah, that was. She little- is somebody who watches her step. She is. So- she is way super stealthy of a, a yeah, warrior. It just seems and like, that, yeah. it was bullshit. <laughs> so she kicks a ball in their direction, and then that earns their attention. They open fire on Rosita, who they see behind some boxes, but she runs away but drops her gun in the process. The man approaches whistling as Rosita reaches in boxes for weapons but finds a hot glue gun. I don't know what she's going to do with the hot glue gun. <laughs> she's going to arch and craft them to death. <laughs> I'm going to cut over them in so much glitter. <laughs> Michonne's gun is knocked away. She gets into a pretty rough fight with a savior woman. Uh, she orders Theo to rush to the sanctuary and leave her to fight. Michonne is losing the fight since she isn't fully recovered. She can tell she's still banged up and she's not, she's not her full self. Uh, then Rosita catches Theo with a rocket launcher. <laughs> that was a great. I, I thought that was pretty cool. It uh, could have been cool, but it was terrible. It was horrible CGI, and not really? to mention uh, a grenade. A grenade launcher does not vaporize a body. That's true too. Yeah, they, they, there were nothing. Yeah, little... They could have put okay, a wax dummy. Real rolling in, oh, Mister Realism. God. Okay, calm it down. Calm it down. <laughs> that was realism. a terrible, terrible, terrible effect. Well, if you remember, the same kind of rocket launcher blew away like what twelve bikers in the last episode, last season, season six, right? With uh, Daryl, right. 
Yeah, little, yeah, little Timmy, did. little Timmy, and the, and the Dick Brigade, right? Whatever he called it. And right? they all disappeared. And <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I cracked up. I thought it was funny. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> so the woman rushes the truck outside, though, while making an escape. Daryl and Tara cut her off with a garbage truck. I shouldn't say cut her off. They actually t-boned her. Now, again, the timing on this is pretty impressive. They just happened to be right, right. there. In the garbage truck, just as this pickup truck was coming to the intersection, like the timing was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was pretty bullshit. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to suspend disbelief, right? But it was a pretty cool stunt. They're suspending disbelief, and then there's outright murdering it. <laughs> just saying. And then Daryl just takes her out. You can see he shoots her. Done. Yeah, Daryl's yeah, not playing. Daryl's not playing too. anymore. He's just he's not taking um, any prisoners. Yeah, Daryl's. Daryl's had it. <laughs> you can tell he's just finished with these. Anything remotely savior, he's done. He's finished. You just hear pop, pop, and that's it. That's it. He's he's like, right. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Done. He's not playing around anymore. No. Michonne and Rosita tells them that they want to see the sanctuary. Daryl and Tara claim they have a lot more work to do. So Daryl's now recruited four, three people to go with him on on this this uh, this new mission of his. But again, I, I don't understand Michonne. She, she should be backing up Rick, if anything. Right, I mean that's that's her guy, right? I don't I don't understand. I just don't I don't I don't get where her, her motivation at all in this right now. Carol approaches Jerry and orders him to the side back of the kingdom. She takes aim with a shotgun and tells him to cover their ears. But Jerry says, "Hey, uh, the doors are not locked." <laughs> <laughs> Inside, Carol greets Ezekiel on the stage. He's sitting in front of his chair with Shiva's chain, pitying himself. People out there need you, Carol said. And his Ezekiel, voice, though, is what got me. Like hearing him talk with his normal speech. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in the king mode. That, he was that in, had a lot of weight. That had a lot of weight with the sadness. Like I really, it really hit me because I was like Carol for a minute. I was like, "You gonna get the f up? And you gonna get your get yourself <laughs> together? Because we ain't got time for this." But then when he uh, when he talked in his regular voice, he just sounded so like defeated. It just, yeah. it just, it just took you back when he when he did that. And it was a good scene. I mean, I think I think Melissa McBride did a really good, you know, yeah, acting in the scene. I mean, she was yeah, crying a little bit. She's always good, and... though, man. Yeah, they know what to she's do. Always good. So Ezekiel asks, "Who was I to choose for them?" She goes, "You're the king. You're their king." Uh, Ezekiel says he was just playing a part, and blah blah blah. He says it was my duty to make sure you were okay. Um, and then Carol asks for the reason, you know, why she went, why he kept calling on her when she was alone in, in the house. And Ezekiel said, you just make me feel real, not of fiction, real. And Carol says, you are real to me, to the kingdom. Those people need their king to lead them. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you, you can lead them. I mean, actually, he says to her, you, you can lead them. He's like, he doesn't want it anymore. She goes, no, it has to be you. You inspired them to build this whole place, to believe in something. And she's trying to you know, inspire him. And at the end, he says, I can't. And that was, again, that just took, like, the wind out of this episode. They could have just left it there with him thinking instead of him just saying i can't like here we go again ezekiel's gonna say no and then something's gonna happen and then he'll say yes right yep like he tells rick no i'm not gonna help you okay then something happened okay now i'm gonna help you all right Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not gonna be the king but something better will happen and then i'll be the king again well and like we said carol had such a good moment there i i really liked her part of this but i I don't know (laughs) It's getting tiresome. It really is. These same 
things over and over and over. It's like the fourth again. episode again. Yet I smile. He goes, Yet I smile. And, all right, we've heard it already. We get it. You were smiling. Now you're not. Just pick yourself up. Let's go, man. We need you out there. But he says, I can't. <laughs> well, it was inspirational the way he was saying it before. This time it was just dumb. Right. Back at the hilltop, Jared is working to free himself from the ropes in the prison. It says here the friendly savior, whoever that whoever his name is, knocks the rock from his hand and insists that he won't let him get him all killed. And Gregory's listening in in the corner. In the office, Aaron talks about the loss of Eric and the weight he's carrying as a result. And this is kind of a depressed... They could have not done this scene because... Or at least part of this, because we had so much mourning... Again, last season, I thought we yep. shed, I thought we shed ourselves of this kind of mourning and this dread and doom and gloom. Yes, Craig, but, you know, here we go again. We're mourning again. Yeah. Who are you kidding? We didn't just need this. We didn't need this whole episode practically. I mean, come on. It, it was one moment after another of unnecessary shit, and this was probably the top of that heap. But still, I don't know. So again, he's he's saying he misses Eric and he's you know, he's carrying this weight. And he asks Maggie if it's going to get any better. She says no, it won't. Um, but again, she does say that about the prisoners that uh, to Jesus that they are they, these people are alive because they may be bargaining chips. We may need them to trade for prisoners. We may need them. Maggie said. He goes. She goes. Jesus, if we don't, we cannot let them live. And she at least laid down the law right there. So now we know. These guys are dead unless we need them as bargaining chips. It's still too many of them. I have to kill off at least half of that number. You think so? Yeah, there's too many. Like if anything happens and they get and that thing gets opened up, that's too many people in that inside. They're outnumbered. The, yeah. the compound. I was gonna say there's too many of them for them to effectively manage. Yeah, so you, I'd have you to know. cut some of that down. Some, so a couple, a couple of bullets to the brain. <laughs> cut it down. Absolutely. Hang them over cold. the fence. You guys Hang them over the fence. You guys have bloodlust. I love it. Let me tell you something. No, it's just logistics. It's logistics, dude. It's logistics, and I'd be and I'd stand there and I'd be like, let me tell you something. I don't care, good or bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut them down. But that should tell you right there. If any one of you give me even a wrong look to any of me and my people we won't hesitate right. to put a bullet in that brain right that'll keep him in I'm line. not playing yeah. looking at you long haired redneck dick if you thought Negan wasn't playing I ain't playing mm-hmm. I would take all the alphas all the alphas they gotta right. go yeah Jared the, the other ones toffees, yeah yeah right all, yeah, exactly. all you, the toughies all you the toughies you shoot me in a go. dream you better wake up and apologize I'm the widow don't mm-hmm. mess with me I'm the widow cause <laughs> that's how smart Negan was smart he looked for everybody that looked him in the eyes right those are the ones that he 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 pointed. That's the ones he picked out as the problems. <laughs> like he knew that they were going to be the ones I have to break. Everybody looks me in my eyes like they think they know me. Those are the ones that got to go down. Those are the ones that got to go down. I'm sorry. And then you put one in charge of the others. And if anything goes down in that jail with the others, this, this is the trick in prison. They do this too. Right. If anything goes down, you pay. Right. Yeah. You're the one I come and I get. Right, and and I start taking legs. I t- start taking limbs. <laughs> you you're the one. Right, I yes, mean, there's I definitely know. ways to do it. No, you're right. I mean, but Maggie's just <laughs> at least she laid down the law here. At least she she was she was clear about this. You know, yeah, but I can live. see her fall back though. She's a little she's wavering. 
I think well, we, Jesus. We, we know what's going to happen here. This is Jesus I, is going to is going to do something stupid and Jesus is going to take the wheel. I don't want it. Jesus to take the wheel. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's making bad decisions. I'm sorry, Jesus. He's better as a co-pilot, huh? Right, right. <laughs> Jesus is making you. bad decisions. He, he, I don't trust him right now. He got to go. So Aaron exits the room. Outside, he packs a car. Enid rushes to him. He says he's going to make sure that they win, and she wants to go with him again. So why? I thought Enid now moved into the kingdom. Why does she suddenly want to leave the kingdom? Why? I don't. I don't know where this kid is going. She's always it's like she I, goes one place and she wants to go somewhere. Yeah. I have so the, what's the point? Why? What, 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 she could just stay there. I have there. the feeling that those two are going to Oceanside. Oh. Well, the Oceanside people. They, they, these women have nothing to do, though. What are they going to do at Oceanside? Like. We have all their guns. You think they're going to pull out some supplies from somewhere, basically, right? You're thinking that they're going that, to somehow... but I'm thinking maybe they're going to try and convince those women there to come join the fight. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. But Tara I would just... be the one to do that. Wouldn't that be her? I mean... Maybe, but I, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure what else could they be going off to. Yeah, I figure they're going to be useful somehow. They're going to make them useful. I know. Again, it's just it's just stupid the way Enid decides to just leave. And 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 doesn't Maggie need her? Doesn't Maggie rely on her now at the same, at the at the hilltop? But I guess not. our side needs both of them. Our side cannot spare a single person to just go off on their own. And yet, all the major players went off on their own. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Elsewhere, Daryl his truck and shows Michonne the overrun sanctuary. And this is where we see her looking through the scope, and they can see that all the walkers are really. And they, they did it. They did a number on the sanctuary. They are they are deeply surrounded by walkers. They they cannot yeah. leave. They cannot leave the sanctuary. They are totally stuck. They are under siege. Daryl turns the truck on and promises they're going to end this thing right now. So I guess he was talking about this where if they knock down some other gate on the south side or the north side or whatever, it would make the situation even harder. I don't know. Maybe that's what he's going to do. Who knows? At the at the heap. Jadis marks the container. Rick has been locked away inside with an A. He is stripped of his clothes and sweating. And you see his eyeball looking through the hole as she uh, as she walks by with his boots on and puts the A on the on the container. And that's the end of this week's episode. So, before we get to our Buster ratings, quick word from our sponsor, Daryl. Would you do the honors this week? Oh yeah! Uh, if you're into uh, well, we getting getting holidays, so you, you, you come That's on, it's are. coming. Holidays are here. I mean, just about here. We don't even have much time left. Uh, if you know anybody who's a, who's a comic book lover or loves like t-shirts, geeky t-shirts, or or figurines or any of those kind of things, you can go to DCBS Service. It they they do great at coming up with things that are popular, like Walking Dead or. Or Game of Thrones, or any you know, like any of the Marvel movies, or the DC movies, or all that kind of stuff. Mugs, all that kind of cool stuff. All the comics are are on. A, a, you can either get fifty to thirty to twenty percent off on all the comics, depending on uh, what publisher it is. And a lot of them are doing bundles right now. Like if you're into to uh, DC, just relaunched a lot of their books. They have a bundle going on right now. Marvel or is having legacy going on, so they have a bundle with their stuff, um, and you can and with Image, like pretty much they, they have so many new uh, titles that are coming out. Plus, you can you can uh, catch up with the uh, Walking Dead comic book if you want to, and and uh, get the main comics that are coming out right now, the recent ones, and you can get all the uh, 
previous uh, arcs uh, that are all traded and collected, uh, and you look in the in-stock trade uh, section to cover all that. But it's all there. They even moved to closer to the distributor, so now that they can mail out stuff a little bit faster, uh, you email them if you have any questions, uh, and they'll definitely get back to you quickly. And, and uh, you can even do service. you can even do uh, the the uh, gift certificates if you want. If you don't know what somebody wants to, to get, you can let them pick out their own gift. Uh, just get them a cool gift certificate instead. I've done that before, um, but it's all they're they're a great sponsor for the show, and uh, they're great. Uh, business to uh to buy from i got half my christmas shopping done this weekend on their site i saw a really sweet uh it looked like a biker logo from the saviors with two crossed uh baseball bats (laughs) covering covering uh they had that jacket available on their dcb service it's not i mean if you're into the comics and everything it's not just uh it's not that's cool but it's not just comics i mean you got you know, action figures and clothing and anything geeky you can find there at a great price and they're great like i said great people so and i'm on it right now the walking dead stuff looks like across the board is 40 percent off for the yeah. most part uh oh, some are 42 some are 38 but most of it's 40 percent. so that includes the omnibus the compendiums the big books you can save 40 percent. for example the omnibus hardcover volume six is usually 100 bucks you can get it now for 60 dollars and those are the real yep. good ones those, those nice hardcover ones these are the ones you save uh with 24 oh. issues all of their DC and Marvel trades, both hardcover and paperback, are fifty percent off right now. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, Daryl, thank you for talking about DCB service as well as the other guys. Thanks for jumping in. They make it possible for us to bring you the Walking Dead TV podcast every single episode. On to our Buster ratings, Richard. Start with you, buddy. Well. I don't know if you could tell, but I was not a fan of this episode. Couldn't tell at all. You you, you almost had Brad Milo level of hate. You were close, but yeah, no doubt. You were borderline, man. I just this show has fallen so far from grace. I mean, and this episode this episode is proof of that. I mean, they they had such a good episode a couple weeks ago, you know, and I don't know. It's just it's bad and. It, this episode was so bad that I can't grade it on the Buster scale. I have to go to the Fear scale, and I give it one Toby. Wow! <laughs> so Whoa. you actually you fell off our scale and you went back to the Toby scale? Is that what you did? You, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Buster Busters are too good for this episode. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have to go to the Fear scale. One Toby. It is okay. <laughs> Daryl, how about you? Uh yeah. They didn't, I, to me, they didn't fall off a scale. I mean, it's just that this is just an episode that was when you're dealing with a war and you're you're trying to keep the momentum, it is, and and all these episodes that they have to uh, fulfill. It this is just one of those this is one of those bad ones, one of those lulls. I think um, where you're just trying to uh, keep the keep the thing going, and but it felt like filler. And because there were there were so many beats that they repeated, you know, like this whole thing with the the keeping prisoners thing. If they didn't beat you over the head with it earlier, I think now would have been the first. They should have had that argument maybe now. in this episode, right, yes. Right. Instead of having it constantly in in earlier episodes when the when the real activity was going on, like it, it, we didn't need to see that over and over again. Um, I I would definitely have to just give this a. Uh, Probably a two out of five uh, at the Toby scale. 
Oh, so you're on, you're on the Toby scale as well. You're not on the on the Buster I'm scale. A, you're. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna do Toby scale for this one. Wow. I'll go back to to Buster next next week. Hopefully, it'd be better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jim, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I give it a two point five. I mean, like uh, I like the Melissa McBride part with the kid, and I like the. Uh, I actually like the rocket launcher thing. I, I suspended my disbelief enough to just enjoy that for the goofy scene it was. Uh, 2.5. It was just, it, it just, the, the inconsistency has really been the hobgoblin this uh, past couple seasons. And just get, I think it's especially disappointing after we just came off of two pretty decent episodes um, to come down to, you know, an episode like this. It kind of was, the, it was a disappointment. So 2.5. Yeah, I'll come in the same boat. I was thinking 2.75, but then, you know, some of the Rick stuff, the rocket launcher, the the garbage truck stunt, uh, that elevated it a quarter point for me. So I'm definitely solidly at the 3.0. I am, I think this season is pretty divisive. Like, I think the, looking at the Facebook ratings as well, the Buster ratings that our, our listeners put down, and just reading some of the stuff on the internet as I do about The Walking Dead, it seems like it's a tale of two different fans. Like, you have almost half the fan base or whatever i'm just speaking generally here but you know a group of the fan base just seems to roll with it and really enjoys the season they're getting a big kick out of it we have that kind of water cooler talk like i've talked about before like hey did you see the scene where she blew the rocket launcher at the guy that's something you talk about with your buddies the next day you know that's that's cool i like that stuff and then you have this other group that it's just feel like the show has lost something and it's getting repetitive and it feels like we're just uh you know it's going down a very strange path and, and so it seems like I'm in the camp that's a little bit more optimistic. I was very pessimistic about last season. I just didn't like that where we were going. It was just such a dark path. And now I feel like there's a light. We're moving somewhere. We're seeing more of Rick. I mean, I I like he's the leader of the show. I like having scenes with him, even though they're just one or two scenes. I like that. You know, there were some seasons ago where half the season Rick wasn't even in the show. Right? Was that season four or season five? I can't remember now. But he wasn't even in in any of the episodes. It was just stupid. They tried a lot of different stuff, and now. You know, they're spending time with the main character. I like that. Even little snippets of Daryl's fun to see. They're trying to work a lot in. They're trying to move the story together. I know this wasn't a great episode. Again, I'll stick with a 3.0 on the on, on my scale. And that is a Buster rating, by the way, not a Toby <laughs> rating, uh, just, just, to, just to clarify that. Now, we uh, Aaron actually sent us a review, too. Jim, do you want to read it, or do you want me to get that? I have it in front of me. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, so you might as well go ahead and get it. I'm no sorry. problem. Yeah, he emailed his review to both you and I, and he says, Hey, guys, uh, sorry I couldn't be on today, but I had to do a favor for my pals Stephen, Tom, and Merrill. <laughs> Regardless, it doesn't seem like I'm missing much because The King, The Widow, and Rick was a pretty nothing episode. That scene where the walker on the stick just reaches for the plastic bag was basically what we got for an hour. Everyone is basically mopey and mourning, deaths we don't really care about. Rick talks to trash people following another terrible speech and gets into container prison. Maggie shoves Gregory into savior jail, which is what was darkly funny. Uh, Carl does Carl stuff, but at least Sadiq seems like a cool guy. The best scene was Carol and Ezekiel working things out. So yeah, without much momentum... This just felt like one of the least impressive chess piece moving episodes. I give it 2.5 busters. So he's kind of right with us. Um, and he continues. On the other hand, this week's Walking Dead presents Red Machete, presented by Taco Bell, hashtag Liv Moss. Things really heated up. Following Ooh. last week's Walking Dead presents Red Machete, presented by Taco Bell, hashtag Liv Moss, which had the death of Papa. Machete Woman is now on her own until her space is invaded by a random group of guys. She manages to hide away, but one of the jerk-looking guys takes the machete. 
It's a wild moment for Walking Dead Presents Red Machete, presented by Taco Bell. Hashtag Liv Moss. But we'll see what happens. P.S. So Morgan's going to walk back in time to fear the Walking Dead? <laughs> yeah, we already touched that one. So Aaron, thank you for your, uh, your, your phone-in review there. We definitely appreciate that. And it wouldn't be the same without your synopsis of... Well, hashtag Red Machete brought to you by Taco Bell. Hashtag Live Moss. And, and don't forget, you can read Aaron's episode-by-episode uh, episode reviews uh, right there from the uh, Facebook group, the uh, Walking Dead uh, TV podcast Facebook group, uh, where he writes his reviews every week for uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com. I smell a Segway coming. <laughs> yes, it is. Because you know what? Who cares what we have to say? We have an amazing Facebook group, which Jim just referred to. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast group. Just do a search, hit join group. We get you in, and you can leave your very own Busters for The Walking Dead or Toby's for Fear the Walking Dead. Or if you're really hating The Walking Dead, I guess you can leave Toby's for that, too. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jim, would you do the honors, as you always, reading what our listeners had to say for this week's episode? Absolutely. And we start off. With Susan Monk, uh, who says they do like their trios of nicknames, don't, don't they? Last week, the king, the axe man, and that short-haired psycho lady. <laughs> now we've gone to the king, the widow, and the sheriff. So, uh, Brent Jones, 3.5 dead deer beanbag chairs out of four. I hmm. uh, love the stuff with two, <laughs> two saviors. It's usually out of five. That kind of threw me off a little bit. I uh, love the stuff with the two saviors and Rosita Michonne. That stuff interests me, seeing random stragglers and what they're trying to do to help their sides. I still don't care for Ezekiel. That story bores me to tears, and the Hillstop story is just running in place. Did Rick expect to be taken captive? I think mm. the dark consensus is that he did. Um, well, But, I mean, do you think... I mean, we said it was all part uh, of the plan, right? I don't think he planned on being captive, but I think he knows the cavalry is coming one way or the other if he doesn't report back. Like... They know that they'll, you know, he, someone's coming to save him. Let's put it that way. Okay, so it's not like Loki and the Avengers where you know, he wanted to, no, get get caught. Mike Jones, uh, two point five turnip handouts out of five. The show has made <laughs> the saviors into irrelevant pushovers, and that's a big miss. The Yoda speaking trash people are also irrelevant. <laughs> Rick going in there alone is pure foolishness. Uh, the best part of the show for me was the new character, Sadiq. Everything else belongs in the junkyard with the trash people. <laughs> uh, Susan Monk, 2.75 nicknames out of five. Melissa McBride's acting and Sadiq were the best part of this episode. Uh, metal art crafting should be on the top list of things you shouldn't do naked. Um, <laughs> it's true, along with uh, along with uh, cooking. Yeah. Not a good one. Uh, trust me on that one from experience. <laughs> uh, didn't Carol get in trouble before at the prison for trying to train kids? Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. And why is she perpetually vexed by all kinds of kids who want cookies, who need to look at flowers, etc.? At least now we know what a liberal arts degree gets you in the apocalypse. Right. Susan Monk uh, um, says that uh, um, Carol should be the kingdom's new middle school teacher. She has great rapport with the tweens. Uh, Cheryl Morse Goodman, 3.25. Anything I, you can do, I can do better out of five. What's with everyone going rogue? Stuff just wasn't making sense, and I was one of the few who liked and tracked through episode two. Uh, killed Dwight while he's surrounded by walkers. Good plan. Just see the sanctuary? Yeah. <laughs> Since when is Michonne so sentimental? <laughs> and haven't they ever heard of Murphy's Law? Growing weary of the manufactured drama and character pairings for the sake of novelty. Uh, Dre Irvin, 3.75 naked trash queens. 
Uh, the episode was fine to me, not exceptional, but I thought it moved well, and I want to see Tara and Daryl kill Dwight. <laughs> the soundtrack was beautiful at every moment. Uh, with only two episodes left till the break, I do hope we get something more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Roswell, uh, three filler episodes out of five. It needed to do what it needed to do. If it wasn't for Melissa McBride and Ross Marquand, sorry if I spelt that wrong, uh, episode would have been very missable. I do like Ross Marquand on the show. He's yeah, he's, he's strong. He's he's a strong actor. You know, they should do more with him. I yeah, agree with you. I wish I wish he was on more. Uh, Robert Nigro, two point five. How many storylines does it take to get to the center of an episode out of five? I've never made it without biting. Ask Mr. Owl. Um, go. I was going for the reference there. Uh, I was. I was. Uh, was going it tootsie to roll. Quit. Tootsie roll pop. Okay, got it. That's yeah. right. Uh, I was going to quit the show after three episodes of people shooting at each other, but yeah, it got a little better after that. But there's too many people on this show. Red shirts, extras, people I don't even know or care what their names are. Rick is strutting around claiming victory now, waving pol- his Polaroids. <laughs> so if that's the case, move on to another plot already. One that maybe isn't in the comics, so I don't have to have more episodes where all the dirty, malnourished people are trying to kill each other, apparently with unlimited gas and ammo. <laughs> Please someone bake another casserole or find a pasta maker so I can catch my breath. <laughs> uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, who missed out last week. Uh, mm. Four, that's how you kill a savior and make sure he's dead out of five. I really enjoyed this week's episode. It was a nice change of pace for the first four or five intense episodes, but I'm still puzzled how there isn't much love for the series. I'm really enjoying it, but after discussions at work with my workmates, a few of them are not enjoying it at all. Am I not seeing something wrong that they are? See, that's kind of what I, that's a, I agree exactly what Richard was saying there. It's like it's, there's just two different views on this season, and it's, uh, I don't know, I'm enjoying it, so I'm along for the ride. Richard, I'm with you. Yeah, I think when it's been good, it's been good. It just hasn't been consistently good, you know. Alpinder uh, Sangha, 3.5, Speaker City out of 5. Uh, I enjoyed this episode as the change of pace was needed. Nice introduction to Sadiq. Looking forward to seeing his and Carl's relationship develop. Uh, two more episodes till the mid-season finale. I wonder if we we're in for another twist before February. P.S. Gutted to see Morgan moving over to FTWD. I think he's gutted, too. Yeah, let's hope he's not got it. I hope he gets to stick around at least. <laughs> uh, Janet Broom ends it with uh, three convenient timings out of five. I like the Carol moments and the new guy might be interesting. I didn't mind the convenient timing of Rick and Daryl because we had the moment at the end of the other episode explaining why they were headed to that outpost. But this one seemed to be pushing the limits of convenient timing. Michonne and Rosita just happened to be passing by when they were playing the music on the speakers. And then even more unexplainable... Daryl and Tara happen to be driving nearby and hear the music and decide to ram the truck. Just a couple of minutes of the junkyard people, and it still felt like too much. <laughs> and if you uh, would like to join our Facebook group, you may do so on the Facebook. Uh, it's the Walking Dead TV podcast. We'll be happy to read your reviews of each episode, along with uh, Aaron's and all the other great stuff in the group, including some memes, discussion points. Uh, everyone, uh, the big disc- we had, uh, Rich uh, put up a pic from the season four set. Um, from uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. We also uh, had some discussion about Morgan moving over to Fear of the Walking Dead and whether that's a good or bad thing. Um, by all means, head over there Fear the, uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast group and join us. Thanks. Excellent. Oh, I also wanted to mention real quick before we get into the sign-off or whatever, there was a series on sci-fi, uh, Siffy, uh, this week about Image Comics, the rise, fall, and rebirth of Image Comics. And the whole second half of the documentary has Robert Kirkman all over it. In fact, the 
uh, the fourth chapter of the doc is called The Walking Dead. Um, oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, all about uh, how you know image, image was reinvigorated by The Walking Dead and how popular and how much of a phenomenon it was. Jim Valentino kind of saving the imprint, you know, there. Um, but if you're interested in the rise of The Walking Dead, how it came about, and you want to see some good interviews about it with Robert Kirkman, I would definitely recommend that. It's on YouTube uh, if you want to watch it all. And it's on. It's, they just showed it on Siffy, I think, the night before last as we record this, but I'm sure they'll show it again. But if not, catch on YouTube. It was interesting. That's pretty well, cool. Well, you bring that up, because I haven't watched any of this yet. Have any of you watched the show he's doing on AMC about comic history if it's any good or not because no. I, I was going to start watching it i just wasn't sure if it was good not or not. Yet. it yeah, looked yeah, good i just haven't watched it either i don't know why i just yeah. you know but this was super interesting it talked it, it started with the image comics then breaking away from marvel that whole rock star period in the 90s when comics you know the speculator market and everything made them huge and um todd mcfarland's rise and uh, and Rob Liefeld hanging out with Eze and all that good stuff, and then it goes through the, the the subsequent crash that happened in the mid '90s, and then kind of Jim Valentino becoming the publisher and the rebirth of the imprint uh, with new and innovative stuff like uh, Saga, and uh, there's like so there's a whole chapter on The Walking Dead and how how uh, its popularity reinvigorated the brand. So check it out. Excellent. There's a there's a property I'd like to see made into a show. Saga. Mm. That's a, that's a damn good one. That'd be awesome. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you, Jim, as always. Thanks for reading the Buster ratings. If you want to get in on the fun, like I said, just join the Facebook group, and you can have Jim read your very own Buster rating for each episode. Only two left, guys, uh, for this half season. That's it. And then wow. we can take a little break and uh, get through Christmas, get through January, and then we go uh, back into it in February. So we've been going straight for like... Almost 16 weeks now <laughs> between the Fear of the Walking Dead and that's uh, true. And, and these eight weeks, it's uh, probably more like like 14 actually because they did they did shorten Fear a little bit. But uh, it's been a good run. Actually, I've I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. When is when is Fear coming back? So it's not coming back before the second half of no. the regular, right? Okay. Yeah, they usually break for Christmas and the football and the whatever and you know the the Game of Thrones whatever comes back, I guess, right or something else and. They just don't come back until February. So it's, yeah, it's, then fear comes back right after the February that run. Ends. Right, exactly. Uh, okay. So the, the yep. back eight uh, of, of the of Walking Dead, and, and then we go through the summer watching fear. So you get the little break in the middle, and then it goes right back to it, and then back to the Walking Dead. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, yeah, I'm interested, interested to see what's going to happen with fear. I think it's going to be a major reboot. The more we hear about it, they can't keep a lid on it now. As much as they deny it, or Gimple tries to steer us in in different directions to try to misdirect us, it's definitely, it definitely seems like they're rebooting a lot over there. It's not going to be the same show. And hey, as much as we've crapped on it, I really hope it does become something good. I yeah. really do. It's just I'm very leery with the way things have been going in these shows. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. New 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 showrunner could change everything. All right, folks. Uh, so any other final thoughts on this episode, or should we just wrap it up? Uh, I mean, I knew there would be some episodes that will be like this. I wasn't like the worst in the world, but I mean, I knew that there would be some downers in this, you know, conflict uh, that that's going on right now. But hopefully, you know, with the two episodes coming back, I'm pretty sure they'll bring it back up. You know, like it'll, it'll, uh, all the the conflicts and stuff. We'll we'll find out what the plan was with Rick and 
and hopefully that makes sense and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still looking forward to watching. I'm not dead on the show. No, it's, no. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a disappointing episode. That's all. And look, we've had so many worse ones, though. I, I think we just forget. There was so many worse episodes than this. So, I mean. T- oh, indeed. God, indeed. those. I just remember those train tracks. Just walking and walking mm-hmm. and walking. And then those Alexandria episodes. Just, I mean, we were just learning about, to- uh, what's his name? Uh, Spencer for Hire and the other guy, yeah. Tobin. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, just wasted time. It's like, who cares? With Rick walking around and playing sheriff it's like oh my god those are such if you're, tra- if you're wasted- talking about t- wa- wasted time what about yeah. the two episodes where they tried to make the governor sympathetic well, oh, the, the bearded governor ones yeah. right yeah exactly yeah. right those are aaron's favorites by the way he loves those i to me i, I didn't mind those too much actually i mean you know the, 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 i liked them yeah so. I, they, I mean the grady bunch was worse those are definitely the worst in my in my Oof. opinion yeah that whole hospital, hospital. thing uh, that was terrible. No, Come on, that no was episode has left me as angry at the end of it as this one, though. So that's why I'm ranking it the worst I've seen because I have never been this upset or disappointed by this show really? as I was last night. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess different times. You know, we're we're, we're we're you know getting a little older. The seasons, the 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 series is getting older. I mean, we're in season eight now, so. I guess it changes everything, right? Time, but is a, they uh, still know how to do good episodes. They've had them. I mean, the one a couple weeks ago. I'm just they've had good. I think ones. they just they compartmentalize sometimes too much. I think they they have an overall story, and then uh-huh. they give them little bits. Okay, you're, you're going to write this bit. Gimple says you're going to write this. You, you two are going to write this episode, and sometimes they, they're a little disjointed. They don't they don't mesh together so well. That's an right. idea, and you see that like you we, we, we notice it as like pace changes right. right like the pace is going 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 and then it dies right then it picks up picks up then it dies again it's like the writers right. are not you know they're not just, simpatico sometimes just like I said it's the, the my biggest gripe is the consistency of the show right you know yeah, yeah. And that's that's something I, I mean right. so, yeah they do experimentally sometimes they try some stuff you know but sometimes it's just the way the writing gets divided up I think they just don't have the the, the continuity there to put it all together to have it all meshed together and i guess gimple could write every single episode but he'd be dead i mean you, you just can't do that right i mean no, yeah. know, like what, what's his name on um, babylon 5 right he wrote like uh straczynski he wrote every single episode for like what season three season four he he just he, he couldn't have the writers do it he needed to tell the story himself and he just did it but he said it almost killed him i mean it was <laughs> you know he was a, he was he was a shell of a man at the end of that season it was just it was too much work so you got to divide it up I, I just wonder if 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 when they're writing the episodes, if they're actually still in Atlanta doing the writing, and there's just not an air conditioner in the writers' room, and they're just delirious. <laughs> he makes them sweat like they're like they're really survivors. They're uh, living in yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll just wrap it up. So when uh, we're not talking The Walking Dead or zombies or any of that kind of fun stuff, where can our listeners find our other stuff? So Richard, we'll start with you. Well, I'm here on the walking dead podcast and then also with jim and daryl on the dc tv podcast and every so often on a a spoiler review or something cast like we just did um justice league uh and you can find me at chubtoad01 on the twitters instagrams and whatnot excellent daryl uh you can find me on twitter at the voice one two three um and you can go to TaylorNetworkerPodcast.com. You can find me uh, me on other podcasts such as like Nothing's On and Gotham by Geeks and Go Trek Yourself and all that good stuff. And we have some uh, comic book interviews coming up soon on uh, Sunday Comics as well. Uh, but you can catch all that stuff on there, uh, all the stuff on the website. It is available. Excellent. Mr. Dietz. 
uh, DC TV podcast to host and produce with uh, with uh, Daryl and Chubb. As uh, we're having the big crossover, the big yearly crossover between the shows. Ah, uh, just started tonight as we're recording this uh, Crisis on Earth X. They're going to be fighting a whole planet full of Nazis. So that ought to be awesome because we love punching Nazis. Um, <laughs> so check that out. There's also uh, Nothing's On, uh, which uh, Daryl and Donnie and I over on the Taylor Network podcast, we uh, watch way too much TV and movies and then talk all about it and let you know what's worth your time and what isn't. And uh, Heavy Gigs in Seaside City, I just finished, uh, I'm about to finish editing the fifth episode where we fight a bunch of biker werewolves um, from another dimension. Kind of frightening, kind of cool. It's a uh, role-playing game. We edit down into a radio play. I add sound effects, background music, set in the 1970s of action movies and TV. So, uh, pretty fun, pretty cool. Check I'm, that out. I'm a fan of that one. So, like so not just werewolf bikers, but werewolf bikers from another dimension. Actually, their leader was from another dimension. Ah, uh, because that that just blows me away. That's <laughs> it, was, it, it was it was a good time, and uh, I was able to take a lot of them out with my guitar music. So check that out. You play the guitar? Do you really? You rock it? Yeah. I get I get a special attack with my guitar that can can stun and uh, deafen opponents. So you, you rock it like, like Jan Hammer. You're up there like rocking on stage with it with a guitar. Is right, that what you're doing? dude. Yeah. Well, in in the storyline, I'm I'm telling I'm I'm in the storyline. I'm a, I'm a from the future, so I'm trying to present myself as the I'm trying to invent the guitar in the late, in the late 70s. So I'm like it's perfect. The yeah, I, I go from I go from town to town playing the guitar. Yeah, you know, I saw Howard Jones recently. I, li- I like well, his concerts. He plays in New York sometimes, and uh, he still rocks that thing, man. He breaks it out. He's up there rocking with his guitar. So you go, man. You go. Break it down. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And then Aaron's reviews, of course, are on our Facebook page. Uh, and he also it was at WeLiveEntertainment.com is the uh, site that he writes for now, among others. So you can check out his written reviews for The Walking Dead, as well as he does that movie critic uh, thing that he does so well. So check it out there. He writes for other websites and uh, reviews movies and stuff of that nature. I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com on Facebook. Do a search for the Auto Chat Show. Give us a like on the page. You can keep up. Uh, Me and my co-host, Teddy, review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, and go off in different directions as well. We also have interviews with different automotive executives or people that are involved in the automotive industry or aftermarket stuff, and it's a lot of fun. So if you're into the cars, check it out. We're actually we have six new cars we're lined up the, for our winter test. Like I said, the uh, we're, we're lining up to do those. Next one we have the Hyundai Genesis G80 should be coming up, as well as the Mazda 6 sedan. So we'll uh, check that one out. Some good reviews on those. And uh, who wants to close out the show tonight, guys? When there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, metal sculpture naked with an apron, never a good idea. Demonstration, demonstration.
fast.